Hey guys, this episode of The Lease Pod is brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. Are you tired of paying in American dollars for a Canadian event? For all lease tickets, other sporting events, and concerts, head to SeatGiant.ca where you can use the promo code LEAFSPOD, all one word, to save at the checkout. Let's talk some Maple Leafs hockey. How many times I got to tell you, no smoking in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back uh, to episode 14 of the Lease Pod. Uh, Bart's as always with my boy Smoking, Patty G, Pat Gregoire. Um, Big show this week. Um, We had our friend uh, Court Lalonde come on again from uh, from the Black and Gold podcast. So we're going to get to his interview shortly uh, and obviously talk talk of the previous week um, in Leafs Nation. Greg, obviously we had a, a pretty successful weekend. I mean, one and one. Um, I thought they played okay Saturday, even though they, they came out with a loss. And then I thought they played really good last night, uh, getting a nice late goal and, and, you know, playing pretty good on a back-to-back uh, double road situation. Mm-hmm. Um, what'd you like this weekend, Patty? Yeah, I, I liked not only just the weekend, but the, the entire week. Uh, Monday, you beat the Lightning yep. 4-3. Uh, you know, a Wednesday night, the Blue Jackets come in and you squeak out a victory there. I mean, Freddie Anderson was unbelievable. Uh, and then Saturday, you play one of the hottest teams in the NHL and you go toe-to-toe with them. Uh, and I thought, I agree with you, I thought, you know, they, they played a lot better than what the score shows. Uh, and then, yeah, and then, you know, you, you have yesterday's game, a, a 3-2 win, a, a late goal from Matthews and... Obviously, the kid has proven he's got the clutch gene. It's another big, big goal for him. And you just kind of have the feeling that one of these days he's going to score a big goal, but in a bigger stage. Right, yeah. Um, we were kind of talking off the air there saying um, he's. there's going to be some moments where those sound bites are going to be uh, you know, for, forever recorded in Leafs fans' memories, I think, mm-hmm. moving forward because he's proven... He's, he craves the big moment. Yeah. Uh, he wants to be out there in the last minute of a tie game. Give him the opportunity to kind of kind of put that puck in the net there at the end of the game. And mm-hmm. I guess what I take away most, I think, from um, from that goal last night was that he's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's not always flashy. It doesn't always have to be flashy. But he's in the right spot to give himself an opportunity mm-hmm. to get the puck and put it in the net mm-hmm. um, in that situation. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's showing that not only you know he's scoring those clutch goals, but he's proven he's he's a Habs killer. He's proven he plays well against Ottawa. Obviously, look at his first game of his career, scoring four goals against them. Now Detroit, you know they're a divisional foe. They're not. I wouldn't call them a rival of Toronto anymore. But with today's NHL, any win against uh, a rival is uh, you know a divisional rival. I should say is huge. Uh, just because how many times you you play those teams. Yeah, right. So taking two points from them is big. Although they aren't really biting on the heels, uh, ankles here, as we'll talk maybe about the the playoff picture in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously going back to um, the big goal he scored in the playoffs last year. Yep. um, That was huge. Um, Obviously, ACC going bonkers. You love seeing that stuff. Um, I just think ever since then, I obviously two OT, I think it's two, still two, maybe, maybe a third. I can't remember OT goals at least. Mm-hmm. And that basically that's, that's basically an OT yeah. goal yeah. there as well. Right. Uh, I don't know how many game winners, but more than enough, mm-hmm. um, this season. Now, um, you had pointed out here, um, on NHL.com, they've got uh, a trending page, yeah. uh, for the last 10 days. Why don't you divulge a little bit, uh, what you saw there? Yeah. So Mitch Marner sitting atop of, of the trending in the last 10 days and in five of five is sorry, in his last five games, he has nine points. Uh, and you look at the other players who have the same numbers as him. It's Nikita Kucherov, Blake Willer, and, uh, Matthew Barzell. Uh, and if you've been following, uh, the NHL storylines, those three guys right there are some of the most talked about, uh, hyped up players in the NHL right now. Uh, and he's in good company there and he deserves to be there because, you know, him, 
uh, Marlowe, and of course, obviously, Kadri, who's just one point behind with eight in his last mm-hmm. five. They've been one of the best lines in the NHL in the last you know couple weeks. Very impressed with them. Uh, I mean, Kadri and Marner, they've, they've created some magic together. I really like that line, what they've been able to do. They're still strong defensively, but it has definitely injected uh, more confidence in Marner, but most more importantly, uh, Kadri's back to scoring goals, which we saw him do at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously nice. He, you kind of... Um kind of jump-started two guys who were, were more or less struggling for a good part of the year. Marner more so quietly than anyone. He's still, his points are up there. Yeah. It's it's funny because it's it does seem to an extent that he's had a bit of a sophomore slump, but again, not really. Yeah. But especially now, it seems like he's back oh, yeah. to what he was last year. I mean, the feed to Kadri, um, I guess it was... What am I thinking? But there's there's been multiple anyway where he's just setting yeah. them up for empty netters. The one where he got the hat trick. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then Marner's playing excellent. Um, he scores a beauty last night, mm-hmm. similar to the one that he scored against the Senators yeah. a while back with the toe drag. Really slippery player. Player, excuse me. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you can get a little bit of time and space, uh, you can create some magic out there for sure. No doubt. No doubt. I, I mean, there's not really much else to say. They've been good. And if you look at the guys that they have the same amount of point totals. Mind you, it's a small sample size with, with, with 10 days, but you could probably even go back further. Uh, and, and in the last month, uh, even in, in the month of February, I know Nazem Kadri was in the top five of scoring in, in February. So uh, it's not just a small sample size, it's a full month. Uh, these guys have been playing some, some elite hockey and it's good to see for the Leafs because uh, there was what would be maybe a month and a half ago, almost two months now, where people were saying, where's all this offense go? Where'd it yeah, go? Yeah. Well, it's back now, and I think people could pump the tires. Exactly. I mean, and your secondary score kind of disappears, right? Because, um, you know, Marner wasn't, or I guess maybe not so much Marner, but I mean, JVR, Bozak kind of are what they are when Marner was with them. Um, Kadri went that whatever it was, 18 games or whatever with well, one goal. Or whatever it was, and now it's it's like some life has been reinjected into his game for sure. All of a sudden, and it's it's you've got a, a duo now that I don't think you can split up, and, and an excellent line. Yeah, kind of brings back um, the you know the real threat offensively that, that the Maple Leafs are kind of known for mm-hmm. um, with this new regime. Yeah, with I I totally agree with that, but we can't deny the fact that yes, this week grabbing three games of four. Losing to Pittsburgh, who's arguably the hottest team in the NHL right. right now, is all fine and dandy. But there were some concerns, you know, giving up 57 shots against Columbus. Anderson obviously saved them. And we're now right. starting to see the Leafs give up a ton, a ton of shots. Is that concerning for you? Not only just the fact that they're giving up shots again, but does it also concern you that... This might now allow Mike Babcock to go back to his old ways and his old line combinations where we see maybe them break up the dynamic duos that we've seen and focus on being more defensive. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Um, the shot totals are concerning. There's no doubt about that, right, obviously. Um, now, I'm not sure exactly what's what's attesting to this. Is mm-hmm. it is it um, bad defensive core? Is it bad team defense as a whole? Um, they're just giving up a lot more than they're, than they're getting. Right. Um, again, it's just something we need to look into as far as uh, possession numbers mm-hmm. for the Maple Leafs and kind of see what's happening really and, and why why there's so many shots against. Um, but it, it's we we've talked about this in the past where um, in the playoffs and you know deeper in the season when the games are very meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, in those situations where you are up a goal late in the game, I have no issue with with splitting up lines putting more defensive guys out there uh, for more minutes late in games to preserve mm-hmm. that. Um, for the time being, though, when you do have a hot goalie, we're kind of riding him right now. Um, he's playing well, albeit you, you don't want to see him facing that many shots, <laughs> no. obviously. But um, I'd like to see him just ride it out the way it is, keep the minutes where they're at. Sure. Um, and we can kind of uh, – next week's going to be a big week, obviously, after the deadline because sure. we're going to see what our final roster is going to look like. If it still is uh, a JVR Bozak – uh, are, are still on the team at that point, both of them, um, or maybe we get somebody else, and then we can, you know, really analyze where we're going to be at. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, um, yeah. I mean, it's for now. I just like to see him stick it out because I like the way the offense is clicking at the moment. For sure, I, I think I agree with you there, but I do know, and you know as well, everyone knows that 
yeah, playoffs, it's a different beast. Uh, the way that this Leaf team has been playing, I don't see it being sustainable in, in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice to know if that maybe this team can, you know, still have that run and gun style, but still be able to dial it back. And like you said, have, have you know, Mike Babcock have his his shutdown lines because it does turn into a chess battle in the postseason. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Um, just just going back to Saturday's game um, really quickly. Now um, there there was a obviously a kind of a, I don't know if it was you want to call it a dirty play or just an accident more so by by Mata um, when he kind of takes Hyman down into the boards there. Yeah, it seems like his stick gets tied up in his. Yeah. Feet. Again, it's tough to call that intention. I don't think anyone, and he no. does come over after, yeah, you know, uh, yeah kind of make I, sure yeah. that he's okay. But uh, what I'm getting at anyway is, um, in that situation, we had discussed, uh, you know, before they their next shift, saying, "Oh, could it be maybe Marner comes up or Kapanen yeah. in a much deserved, um, you know?" Oh, I would have loved to see me Kapanen. too. That, that was kind of what I was hoping for. Right, you see Kapanen, but then you see Leo come out, and you're just like, "Oh man, come on!" Right, and in that situation, um, down down a goal. That's the thing for me. Late too. in the game, I mean, I just don't get it. I don't see. And there, there's a play where he's set up for for you know almost an empty netter. Yeah. Where if he can get it, he can get some decent wood on it. It's yeah. probably going to end up in the cage. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and we saw the very next day, same thing. Kapanen sends a, you know, I think they're on a two on one. Wide open, yawning cage, and he just, you know, throws a muffin that misses the net. Mind you, it was a, a wobbling puck from Kapanen, but like you mentioned, uh, you know, a higher echelon player finds ways to get enough on it to, to get it by Exactly. The net. And we're not going back on our hating Uncle Leo ways and, no, no, and no. harping on him because I do agree. I think, you know, once his ice time was, was uh, reduced, he's been put in that fourth line role. Focusing on penalty kills, I've been very happy with his play. Um, but he's been put in a situation earlier on in the year that he didn't deserve to be in, and then seeing him in that fourth or that first line, it just kind of it eked me, and I was wasn't pleased with it. But luckily, uh, luckily, you know, Zach Hyman proved to be okay, and thankfully, we yeah. don't have to hit the panic button here for sure. And it's it's there's a player too that um, I think deserves a little bit more credit lately. <clears throat> just he, he's been getting his job done. He's getting these guys the puck. And I don't think it's any it's any secret um, that these two are, are you know what I mean really gelling right now. Yeah. Uh, Matthews and Nylander, but the puck is available for sure to them, and it's, it's it's guys like that that tend to not get the credit, right? Where he's down there mucking it up and freeing up pucks for these guys, and uh, they're making plays, obviously getting all the credit for it. So I mean, look, it's he is what he is, Hyman, but uh, I, I thought he's played really well of late. Absolutely, I think I think I'm. One of the few people that kind of give him the, the props because I do, I, for a while, I, I, I've always said, you know what, I understand. Yeah, sure, you know what, you probably like to see someone else on that line, but I've kind of come to realization that he's going to be there and he does what he's asked to do. He gets those guys the puck. Yeah. Uh, and when he gets the opportunity, he's shown now that he's a little more offensive than he was last year too. So I, I'm good with Hyman. I think he doesn't get nearly as much credit as, as he deserves. Um, and I still do think maybe in a couple of years, this is a guy that probably finds himself on a different line. Yeah. Still eventually. a very, you know, integral part of this Maple Leafs club, but probably not playing on that first line. Right, right. And it's it's funny you do say that, though, because there was uh, the last two games, he's had two tap-in opportunities that just haven't gone in. I so, know. I mean, again, it's you take the good with the bad. Um, I, would I like to see someone that could, you know, possibly bury those of course oh, yeah but uh again maybe that that player that um replaces him yeah isn't uh isn't as gritty in the corners can't can't um retrieve pucks as yeah. well you know what i mean mm-hmm. um now we we do want to talk about the um the eastern conference uh playoff landscape at the moment because we, we can digress into this all day because there there are some potential matchups here that uh could could be an all-time um playoffs at least for the first couple rounds uh, oh, yeah. in the Eastern Conference especially. Um what do you see and, and what do you want to see as far as matchups go here first round? Well, I think on Monday the Toronto Maple Leafs showed that they can skate with Tampa. Uh and I think that from what we've seen the last time uh the Toronto Maple Leafs played Boston that's not a good matchup. So for me, I think, and I think there's a lot of people who have actually been saying it, that Toronto actually matches up better with Tampa. Uh, Boston is a team that 
you know, having Patrice Bergeron match up uh, with Austin Matthews and have him shadowing him scares the living shit out of Leaf fans, and it should. Right. Um, but I think Tampa is a team that the Leafs can skate with. It's the speed versus speed. It's the high-powered offenses. Yeah, you know what? You could probably give the defensive upper hand to Tampa Bay. Obviously, Victor Hedman, we talked about him. How you know We were texting, I think, and saying just how good he is. That's obviously right. a guy you don't want to play in a playoff series. But for me, uh, that's something where I think Toronto matches way up, way better with, with Tampa. Pittsburgh, though, what the hell? 8-1-1 one one in their last 10. Madness. Five wins in a row. Now they're sitting second in the Metro, matching up with Philly, who Philly's been great this year, too, after being a dumpster fire at the start of the year. A Pittsburgh-Philly first-round matchup, mm-hmm. that's always money. You love the, the Battle of Pennsylvania. I think this Eastern Conference is one of the stronger conferences we've seen in a long time. And now I think Western Conference fans can kind of you know, pump the brakes and stop chirping the East because how many times do you hear teams that miss the playoffs in the West saying like, oh, well, if our team was in the West, we'd, you know, or it was in the East, we'd be there. Well, that's not the case. No. The East is no joke anymore, and uh, that Metropolitan Division is the real deal. Honestly, man. I mean, Washington, again, what do you say always? Don't, don't drink the Kool-Aid, man. Right, right. It's Kool-Aid. exactly. I mean, until they can actually get past the second round, um, I'm not sure how much I'm buying into them. At all, I mean, the Maple Leafs last year with a predominantly rookie squad almost took them to the limit and almost beat them. What was there five OT games or something like that, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Um, it's it, it could be a phenomenal um, first round with it could be Toronto, Boston potentially, and Philly, Pitt. Yeah, which is incredible. Um, and, and as I was saying to you before, um, in order for the Leafs to to you know hypothetically get to a Cup final or win a Cup. This year, it could possibly be uh, Boston, Tampa, Pitt, and like Nashville, right? So I mean, if if you ever had to earn a cup, not that you ever wouldn't have to, yeah. But I if you ever mean. had a hard, I know path, what you mean, yeah. Uh, this would be the year that it would be incredibly tough to not only get there but to win it, just to get out of the East. Oh, I, this year I think yeah, the East it's it's going to be a gauntlet, and poor Washington once again. You know, maybe they finish first in their division. They probably face maybe New Jersey, Carolina, maybe the Islanders, one of those teams there. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to play Pittsburgh probably that second round. There's Crosby saying hello yeah. again, right? And just when everyone thought, oh, maybe this is the year Pittsburgh takes a step back, maybe they just squeak in the postseason. Well, nope, that is that couldn't be more wrong. Mm-hmm. They look unbelievable. Uh, Gino Malkin, Crosby, and Phil the Thrill, they have been unbelievable over this last little stretch. And they look like they're a cup contender again. Yet again, I know. And it's crazy, man. Just like based on the sheer amount of miles on the majority of their players, of their core, it's crazy, man. I haven't looked at it, but it's got to be in probably in the 40s in terms of games played more than almost every other team, especially the Leafs, who've only been in the playoffs. One time well, not even just the postseason. You, you throw in, I mean, o- over even the five years, you can throw in the Olympics four yep. years ago. World Cup. And you can throw in the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And all those guys, all their top players have been there. They've gone deep postseason. they played in the Olympics. they played in the World Cup. But, I mean, we saw the same thing with Chicago. And now it's not their superstars. It's not catching up to them. It's just time. And But the same thing everyone was saying about Chicago. Oh. The, you know, the wheels have to fall off. They played right. so much hockey. The wheels never really fell off until now, and it's not because of their superstars, like I said. It's because they're just not as good as a hockey team anymore. Right, exactly. So Pittsburgh, I mean, if they if they go for a deep playoff run again, it really wouldn't surprise me because we saw Chicago do the same thing over a similar stretch. Right, exactly, exactly. And, I mean, with Chicago... Um, is, is obviously a good a good way to uh, to measure. I think for a measuring stick for the Maple Leafs uh, in terms of the rebuild. Um, Chicago missed the playoffs. Um, their first year, I believe, lost first round. I think their second season. Yeah. Um, and then it went third round and cup. I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that was the the way that the events uh, staged themselves. I believe so. Something like that. So I mean, having already made it last year, and albeit with a first round exit. Already having that experience, oh, yeah. maybe you can kind of avoid that that first season that the Hawks had. Maybe you can make a push to a second or third round this year, which is obviously what we what we want to see. Yeah, of course. I, mean, I don't think uh, you know 
as as dedicated as we are to the team, we're going to be cool with the first round exit this year. No, not having won a playoff series since two thousand three, yeah, two thousand four, whatever it was. I, I I think yeah, I think a first round. Uh, you know, I think they have to get to the second round for Leaf fans to be like that was a successful season. I think last year them bowing out to Washington. At the end of the year, everyone was like, that was great. That was awesome. That, of course. I think if they lose to you know Boston or Tampa in the first round, whoever it may be, I think if they lose, people are going like Lee fans will be disappointed. Sure, they're optimistic, but they will be, you know, that would be considered a, a, you know, not a failure of a season, but not acceptable. Right, right, not, no, and I totally agree. Which um, you gotta think though, like you said though, they're a year ahead. So yeah, and you know what? If they do lose the first round. I'm, you know what? Hey, they're ahead of schedule. Sure, it sucks. Sure, you'd like them, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're this this regime's not speeding anything up because they're 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 staying the course. They're trusting the process, and I think that's what Leaf fans have to keep in mind. Sure, still have high expectations and hope for the best for the team, but if they do fall short, losing seven games to Boston, ugh, sorry, yeah, <laughs> or Tampa. You know what? Still be still be optimistic. Still think you know what this this team ha- has a lot to go. They still are on the course, but at the same time, don't be afraid to be like you know we want the second round. Right, of course. I mean, just be happy that that we're in the dance to begin with, and yeah. we're most likely going to be in the exactly. dance. Right. Um, we're saying for argument's sake, um, you can put it at twenty points, which would be ten wins in twenty-two games mm-hmm. remaining, which I don't think is anywhere near impossible. Two games below five hundred, I think it's pretty doable. So I think you can comfortably say at this point they're going to be in the playoffs. Yep, um, as most would expect. Um, we have heard chatter though of of some people that think that potentially the Maple Leafs match up better against Tampa. Yeah, just where you have. Kind of two high octane offenses of course. going head to head, and it's kind of a you know a crapshoot either way. Exactly. As opposed to um, a Bruins team that is very skilled defensively, their back end is clearly stronger than ours is, and they have a um, a Selkie candidate yearly who's going to have the trophy named after him one day yeah. from winning it so often. So uh, I can't wait to see this Saturday night how they how they match up, how the lines match mm-hmm. up, and and obviously how the outcome. Um, is because I know if the Leafs get the win, that'll be three one in the season series, which is awesome. I mean, that's some confidence moving forward. For sure. We've proven that we can beat this team, but uh, over the last few seasons, it's only one loss mm-hmm. right in the last few years. So that'll be uh, seven and one um, over the last two years if they can get a win. Yeah. Um, obviously on Saturday night, but I'm more so excited to see the line matchups. For sure. Um, see if you know how Matthews can play against these guys when he's away from Bergeron. Yep. Because if we're going to be going into Boston, he, he's going to have to learn to play 100%. potentially four games against the guy that you know what I mean is is going to you know have his number all series. Yeah, I think the thing with with <clears throat> yeah, you know what, set, six and one against the Bruins over the last two years, that's great. But as we're going to find out soon uh, when we play our interview with Court Lalonde, um, this is a different Bruins team since they've they've axed. Uh, Claude Julian, they have one of the best records in the NHL. They're a much different team. There's going to be guys in the lineup that, you know, we haven't seen in the last couple times of the Bruins have played the Leafs. So it's a challenge. And after talking to court, it kind of scares and it should scare Leaf fans a little more. Well, the way they've been trending since, since basically since that home and home series we have with them. Yeah. They've been probably the best team in the league. Yeah. Arguably. Right. Um, but yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get into our interview with Court. Um, again, it's Court Lalonde from the Black and Gold Podcast, and uh, we always really appreciate him coming on and taking the time for us. Thanks for coming on the show again, man, and uh, and welcome back. Um, I guess right off the hop, um, the Bruins have obviously uh, experienced a lot of success over the last, I don't know, 20, 25 games at least. It's Since not, November. Okay, there you go. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's one that's way to wild. put it, right? It's it's incredible. Um, tell us about the recent run because last time we talked, uh, we had a home and home series. The Leafs ended up winning both games, and that that was back in early November. So I guess just prior to uh, the the recent run that you've been on. Yeah, um, that was actually at one point that loss to the Leafs was their first regulation loss until they lost to Anaheim two okay. weeks ago. 
Oh right, and the, and the, which is which is wild in yeah. itself. Yeah. Um, because I do remember uh, after those two games thinking, okay, the Bruins are good, they're up and coming, but I, I think the Leafs kind of have a step on them at that point based on those two matchups. Tell us what's happened since then uh, that has really you know slung shot the Bruins into a serious contender platform here. Well, to, to, like a lot of people are always talking about injuries and so on and so forth, but that was a huge portion. When we those first two games against the Leafs, or even the whole October to mid-November for the Boston Bruins, you're missing Marchand, Bergeron, um, your McAvoy at some point. Like everybody's out of this lineup. They're missing Krejci, like everybody. And when you look at Bergeron right now, like you know, he's in he's in heart talks, but I don't think he, he got a point tonight. But I, I don't know about him winning the heart, but hundred uh, percent he's going to win the Selkie. I think we could just give it to him already. There's a there's a record. Just rename it after him already, eh? <laughs> pretty much. But if you really look at the team, like the team wasn't playing well. They were down pretty much every player on the roster, um, especially when you don't have Bergeron and those guys. Um, playing and, and David Krejci is very underrated when he's in the lineup with Bergeron it gives us that one-two punch um, that was the big reason when we were playing at the beginning of the year it was we had only pretty much kids in the lineup if you look at the Boston stress more rookies than any other team in the NHL this year um, and now you have guys on Boston for that you guys learned you have guys like Jake DeBrus, Danton Heinen, um, Charlie McAvoy which I know we talked about the last time of course yeah uh, uh, and Matt Greslick was another guy who's emerged in our back end um, that had become mainstays. You have Heinen, DeBrusque, who are up there. And if you remember the last time we spoke, we had uh, the guys like Anders Bjork were the big names, and he's he's down in Providence. Right, right. Yeah. That was um... Well, he's hurt now, but, you know, he wasn't playing at the big club. Well, I mean, you mentioned a couple of those names, and Danton Heinen's a guy that kind of both jumped out at us. Uh, for maybe some Leaf fans that aren't really too familiar with his game, uh, I mean, you just look at the numbers, 38 points in 53 games, pretty remarkable. Uh, what what can Maple Leaf fans expect to see uh, out of him on Saturday night? Well, crazy thing is, Heinen plays on our third line. So right there, it should just put alarm bells on how good the team has been playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Heinen's got lots of speed. He's he's crafty with the puck. We um, a lot of the times he gets played um, on the point on the second power play. So just just saying that right there, as you can tell, that means he's he's yeah. very good with the puck and he's he's got very good eyes. So right now he's on a line with Riley Nash and David Backus, and Backus is playing uh, unworldly. And I think that uh, he's been teaching a lot to Dan Heinen. If you look at each line where our rookies are, they have they have a veteran on there playing with them. And Heinen's been able to learn a lot from David Backus. And Heinen's got the speed, and he's got the hands. He's not the um, the flashiest player, but he'll sneak up on you. When 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 teams are going to attack that that our number one line of Bergeron, Pasta, and uh, and Marchand, which happens to be one of the best lines in the NHL, if not the best, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an unreal. Marchand is uh, up in points per game, but he has barely played any games. Besides injuries, he also got that little bit of suspension there. Um, yeah. But uh, Heinen is dangerous, just just very dangerous. He just sneaks up on you. Right, right. Um, now, we, we talked a little bit off the air about um, the upcoming trade deadline. Obviously, we're inside a week. Um, you had mentioned McDonough. Now, is that a player that, that you think that the Bruins could legitimately land? Because... Obviously, that's uh, a big name in Leafsland as well, and I guess for any team that's that's you know looking to make a push uh, towards the playoffs, um, do you think it's um, a possibility that you could acquire him? And, and what do you think it would cost you um, if they did? Well, the, the rumors out there right now are a possibility. I've spoken to uh, many a uh, many a writer in uh, in Bruinsland on Twitter and on my podcast. We just had uh, Michelangelo on ours. He's a, a writer for the Boston Bruins. Um, the rumors are real. Um, the Bruins are scouting the Rangers. The Rangers are scouting the Bruins, but it's not going to come cheap. It's not going to be an NHL 18 video game trade here, people. <laughs> this is this is going to cost. If I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, if I'm the New York Rangers and I'm talking the Leafs, yeah, my conversation is going to have either Nealand or Marner in it because the conversations with the Bruins are Dan Hine and Jake DeBrusque. Um, Rangers fans are saying uh, Pasternak and McAvoy, but. Um, as we were talking before, a little that's, bit unrealistic, that's, though. that's some crazy talk. Yeah. Um, 
real sorry, but that ain't going to happen. But like for the Bruins, um, we the one thing we have over Toronto is we have an extremely deep farm system right now. Um, we have some defensemen that you would love to have on your roster right now playing in Providence for us. Um, right. Boston has drafted a ton of D-men. If you remember, we traded away Dougie Hamilton, uh, Milan Lucic. All these guys got booted away, and uh, we ended up getting draft picks for them. It's, and that's brought in the Jake DeBrusks. Um, we have this guy down in Providence named Jakob Zborl. He, he's pretty, and Jeremy Lozon, pretty two good defensemen, um, which could be used. Like, to me right now, um, a guy like Danton Heinen could be a guy traded to the New York Rangers. And, and you'd be comfortable with that? I, I would um, solely based on the rumor right now is Jake DeBrusque, but I think that's just the, the starting point, and I wouldn't be comfortable. You guys mentioned Heinen. Watch Jake DeBrusque. He's like a young Rick Nash. He's huge. He's got great hands, and he can shoot the puck. And he's on our second line right now um, with David Krejci. Uh, that kid is good. So, like, if you if you move Heinen, who's on your third line right now, we can replace him with Watch the Olympics right now. That Ted Donato kid on Team USA is lighting it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's a Bruins player, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so he could easily just slot into that spot and uh, come right out of the Olympics and be a Boston Bruin. Yeah. We've also, we've also, you can also pick up a veteran guy, you know, on expiring contract. But for the Leafs, it's I think it's between Toronto, Boston, and Tampa who's going to get land this guy if he gets traded at the deadline. Otherwise, he's going at the draft. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think our our last episode we kind of said we we see if if the Leafs were to to grab him, that's kind of maybe coming more more at the uh, at the draft. But I agree with you. I, I, I'm a big DeBrusque guy. I, I think he's a little more uh, valuable of a piece, and you'd kind of be a little bit choked to see him go. But a guy who isn't a new piece and has been around forever, and I'm starting to think he's going to stay forever. Uh, Zdeno Chara. I mean, it, it seems like his game is kind of you know. He he's got a resurgence of his career. He's playing uh, much better. He's you know on the first pair most nights. What's been the difference with his game this year? Because last year it seemed like this guy was slowly falling off planet Earth. <laughs> well, last year he was he was uh, helping along Brandon Carlo, and then this year I, I had two words for you, Charlie McAvoy. Mm-hmm. He's playing with one of the best up and coming. You know, everybody calls his kid Drew Doughty. That's like not in Boston. They just we just they. We just love him there, but like all, if you watch Hockey Night in Canada, they're all comparing him to Doughty, right? Um, he's the real deal, this kid, and he's helping. Charter's stick is like another player. Um, so <laughs> there's a reason the Boston Bruins are number one in goals against average in the NHL right now, is because our defense is playing phenomenal. You have Krug and, and, and Carlo as your second pairing, and then we have the rotation of McQuaid and, and Miller with uh, Grizzly. We have pretty good deal. If we do land Ryan McDonough, I'd be scared if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs because, as you guys know right now, we're playing each other in the first round. It's, I think it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, almost mm-hmm. certain. And that, that does give us nightmares a little bit. But, uh, oh, okay. that's only game seven, right? Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is there anything else we need to yeah, discuss? exactly. Well, <laughs> that is the nightmare. To me, if you guys, like I was saying to you before, I'm the one who had to deal with you guys have won eight in a row. Anderson had never lost to the Bruins until the last game we played. Yep. But I still think that that game was the wake-up call. The Boston Bruins treated it like it was a playoff game, and the Toronto Maple Leafs treated it like, oh, we're just going to do our usual, outscore you to win the game. Didn't work out that way. No, no. Boston's, they're that, stingy. They don't play the trap, but they play defense. No, exactly. And, and if I was to say right now, I'd say um, if, if a team was to have the edge offensively, I'd probably give it to the Leafs. But as far as defensively goes between not only the decor and the forwards, uh, the Bruins take the cake on over us all day. The thing that just scares the living shit out of me is just having Patrice Bergeron shadowing Austin Matthews yeah. the entire season. Uh, and then Bergeron still scoring. Yeah, like, exactly. So just, like when they interviewed Matthews after the game, they were like, "So how do you?" Because you guys know Matthews didn't get shot on net, right? Yeah, yeah. So they interviewed. Oh, we know. The game. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for uh, and, and he's like, uh, "So the how of the game?" He's like, Bergeron. Like he he'd never played against a guy like that. Like yeah. Patrice Bergeron's probably the best two way game player this league has seen since you know Bob Gainey. Yeah, yeah, going back, right? <laughs> yeah, like he's that good. Like we're, as a Bruins fan, I'm lucky. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, you know Brad Marchand's not even at the, the talks for the Hart Trophy yet. He's he's top ten in the league, and we all know it. But he just unfortunately does stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah. that's that. It's going to be tough because you're going to have to. You shut down that line, then you still have the Krejci, DeBrusque, Spooner line. You still have as of right now. He's still there. The Dan Heinen, um, David Backus, Riley Nash line, and then our fourth line. They're 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 playing pretty well. They're playing some good hockey. They're shutting teams down. So the one thing as I said to you before, and he he has been the difference maker since. You do have Nazem Kadri. He's got to step his game up playing the Bruins, though. Of course. He's able, he's able to do it against all these other teams for some reason. He shuts down McDavid. Yet, you've. it'll be different when we're in Toronto because you're going to get last line takes, right? So, yes. here, so you, Bergeron's on the ice, Kadri's on the ice. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, I, that's why I wanted to get into um, the matchup next Saturday because, obviously, the the last meeting was in Boston. Um, they controlled the, the matchup game all day. I really want to see um, how Babcock in particular plays this, um, the, the lineup game on Saturday night, because then we're going to get a true taste of, I think, what we're going to see going into a playoff series and, you, you know, who's going to be playing against who uh, at home or on the road. You know what I mean? Oh, I could, I could tell you it's Kadri's going to be against that. The Kadri line is going to be on the ice against Bergeron. And if they can't, like I say that line's too tired and they get – Cassie tries to pull something. I'm sure a face-off. You're going to want Bozak against Bergeron, right? To try and to try and win those draws. Yeah, because Bozak's your. As much as I'm a Bruins fan, I watch a lot of Leaf games. Bozak can win your face-offs. Unfortunately, he probably won't be with you guys next year. But that guy can win draws. He could be a guy traded at the deadline with you guys. Oh, for sure, 100%. for sure. That's yeah. highly likely. I think at this like, point. Like, here's a package going for McDonough. They, so the the rumor is they want a defenseman from them, a young defenseman. They want. They want, a, they want a young forward, and they want a first-round pick. So you'd have your first-round pick. You'd have Sightstep and possibly Marner or Nylander. But that's too much. Yeah, so too see, much. That, could be, that, that deal could happen, and you could also get Rick Nash. Like yeah, Toronto, that's true. For Toronto package, I could see you guys getting both Nash and McDonough, especially because Nash has already hinted that he would be, have no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you could deal with the Cav later. But for Toronto to make that deal, I think you guys are going to need both players. Yeah, and uh, the issue with trading a guy like Zaitsev is we're already hurting on the right side. Yeah, of the I know. McDonough's so McDonough's McDonough's a left side. It, that's the thing, right? Yeah, I know. It's tough for you guys. You guys would need – I think Mike Green's a perfect guy for you guys, to be totally honest. But Yeah, see, the, we made that argument too. Uh, we, just, we just feel that uh, we need someone a little bit more defensive already having Riley and Gardner uh, on our decor. It's not much out there, though. It's going to be a name that no one's talking about. Um, but then again, you've also got a coach that one of the best coaches ever to coach in the history of the NHL. But he's got he's he's one of those I got my guys guys. Right, right. So see, hey, maybe someone on Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I, you know what? I, I'm now starting to see this Leafs decor and kind of be okay with going and just just the way that oh, they've been playing as a player. I don't think anybody besides a Leaf fan would ever say that. It's they've been playing a lot better than how how they did. Mm-hmm. Even like giving, four up, weeks giving ago. up sixty shots a game. The defense is not playing well. Uh, it's playing better than it was, and when you have a goalie like Freddie Anderson, who should be oh, yeah. in the Vesna conversation, it, uh, he it, he definitely should. If you didn't give up that bit, like it's it's kind of weird. But a lot of people look at the Leafs and say you guys win games because you outscore teams. Even though your goalie is playing phenomenal, yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. Um, no, the shots, the shots thing is is more of a recent trend, uh, especially with with the really high numbers. We we had a game last week of 57 against, yeah, which is obviously Columbus, great. Right? Yeah, exactly, mm. and that's a game that they still win. So um, yeah, because you're 12th in goals against, so you know what the Leafs need at the deadline. You need a backup goaltender. Possibly, but hey, McElhinney's, McElhinney's playing pretty good. <laughs> I've been all no, I'm looking at your goals against average. <clears throat> Something's up there. It's two, when the Boston Bruins are first and you're 12th and you're going to play them in the first round? I, I, I know where you're getting at, but look again, look at your uh, look at how defensive your team is, right, compared to ours. Yeah, but they're playing a totally different style. Cole mm-hmm. Julian is no longer the coach. Mm-hmm. They, they, you watch, they, they pinch. Because right now, goals per game, Boston's fifth, Toronto's sixth. Mm-hmm. So right now, in the matchup, you need to be better. Like it's, it's just plain and simple. Our, our penalty kills second and our power plays tenth. It's it's an all-around game. I, I really like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I, I really think they're going to be one of those teams that's just going to you know be the next Tampa Bay Lightning. Because if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, just go one calf friendly, and you'll realize that dream is almost over. Right. Um, they need to start winning now. Uh, Boston and Toronto are the next two big juggernauts. 
to come out of the uh, to come out of the Eastern Conference. Right, kind of like a, a Chicago or Pittsburgh of years past. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Kind of just, like that, right? I, I do. I know. I you guys might like McAvoy. I just I just think you could get a veteran backup that could uh, eat eat better minutes and, and give you give give Anderson that rest because he's getting sixty shots a game. He shouldn't have to go out there the next game. He should get that rest because this year that's one thing that Cassidy has done for the Bruins. They're putting in Doby, who's played well, and they're getting two for the rest. Because once the playoffs start, it's a whole new game. Yeah, I think we were saying too um, recently that Curtis should get probably eight starts down the stretch just to yep. just to give yeah. uh, Anderson some rest. For because sure. I don't think we're going to get any higher than this third position just just based on sheer numbers at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to the Bru- like anything's possible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for some reason, as soon as I think the Bruins aren't gonna they're gonna go on a slide, we win like we did today. So it's weird. Well, quickly before you run, you did mention Bruce Cassidy, and I know probably there's not too too many Leaf fans that are you know even know who this guy is or what style of play he's playing. But if you strictly look at the numbers since Julian was fired, uh, not just the team's numbers, you even look at Zdeno Chara's numbers. Uh, you look at a lot of players' numbers, and it's been astronomical the other way. Um, you know, just kind of give us a little Cole's note rundown of of what he's been able to do with this team, and and kind of his philosophies uh, of, of being a coach. Um, he's been he's been as Patrice Bergeron said, he's been letting the guys play. Uh, he's he's been doing a little bit of a different style. He still does the the whole thing where they they they, they tighten up defensively. But he's letting the defenseman pinch a lot. He's putting that defenseman in as the uh, the extra forward every now and then, getting into the rush. Other than that, it's it's just a new voice. Sometimes the the coach's message gets stale. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. right. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because you you obviously have all these weapons on your back end. You have um, a predominant Selkie candidate. Um, yet it doesn't seem like like your the team concept is overly defensive. Am I am I Going down the right track at all in saying that? Uh, they're definitely a defensive defensive end. They're a two way team. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole team's playing like Bergeron. What, sorry, what I meant, I guess, is it's it's not it's not even close to like a trap style team. Even no, though no, they don't. They don't play with the trap personnel, you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't play the trap. At yeah, all. no, 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 no. It's that, that's what that's all I was getting at with yeah. that was yeah. it's it's uh it's, it's it seems like it's a it's a defense first um, type of club, but they still have the uh, the power up front to hurt you. Uh, offensively, mm-hmm. oh for sure, hundred uh, percent. It's just like the Leafs eventually will be playing the same way the Bruins are playing once they can get some defense. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, and, and by the way, when I was saying I, I'm good with the fe- defense, I meant I'm good right now. I don't really yeah, want enough. them to go out and, and grab. And that's even the same thing with with McElhaney. I don't see him being there next year, but as of right now, I think. I keep saying it, unless the price is right, I, I don't really see the Leafs really making a big-time splash. Maybe they get a guy, like we said, like Cody Franza to be a guy that rolls in and out of the lineup. I don't know. I just The way that, that this regime has worked, they don't really like going out and grabbing you know those big names at the deadline. They kind of they let the, the trades come to them, and then out of nowhere you'll just hear a trade. Like There's no rumors. There's no yeah, any yeah. rumors. It's yeah, all, no, I haven't heard much at a Leafs land. Or who you guys are getting? Yeah, and it's probably going to be that way for whatever reason. Uncle Lou keeps uh, keeps a, a tight ship. Yeah, right. All right, so Court, you're heading down Saturday. Yeah. Um, I hope you enjoy yourself. Uh, I hope uh, you go home a little disappointed. <laughs> I hope not, but yeah, I of course. Of course, man. Uh, we, we really got to say thank you again for doing this with us, man. Really appreciate you taking the time uh, every time we play you guys. Hey, no problem. I appreciate having me on. Anytime, man. Um, until next time, I guess, maybe uh, if there's a playoff series, uh, we can do a little preview together for that if, you, if you'd be interested. Sure. No problem. Awesome. All the best moving forward, man, and uh, good luck on Saturday. Game over! Bless you, boys! What a game! Court Lalonde of the Black and Gold Pod, and we love having him on, but hopefully... We don't have them on again because that probably means that the Leafs are playing the Bruins in the first round. Exactly. After what we just said in that interview and even before. 
It's a very daunting task for the Buds. Looking like a scary club. Yeah. Um, but again, dude, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. If we get a win on Saturday, man, like we said before, um, that, that's that's seven and one in, in sure. the last two seasons. And yeah. that's, uh, that's you know, that sits inside teams' heads. For sure. You know what I mean? Knowing, sure. like, God, oh, these guys kind of got our number. Yeah. Which is, is rare, you know, based on, the, the obviously, the, the history prior to the last couple seasons. With the Bruins, they, they kind of, you know, dealt us our hand a few Absolutely. times, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some questions come in this week. And uh, again, we, we always uh, we always want to thank the audience. Uh, thank you very much for, for tweeting at us and, you know, taking the time to mm-hmm. uh, to interact with us. We always reply back. Uh, if not, we'll respond to you on the show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously we're we're big into the Twitter scene. And uh, we love interacting with yeah. the fans. Twitter mailbag. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, the first, the first question comes from Mark Allred, uh, at black and gold two, seven, seven. And he says, my question, um, if I may, is centered around the Soshnikov trade. Did the Maple Leafs basically get rid of him for nothing? First off, I'm going to guess he's probably one of courts. Uh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, that handle. exactly. <laughs> no, but, but nonetheless, thanks for, yeah, for tweeting. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I mean, probably a lot of outsiders, kind of are just looking at it because we've always talked. It seems like whenever your team or a team that you cheer for trades away a player that has some promise, you think, like, why why didn't they get more? Well, Nikita Shostakov played six games this year. Exactly. What did you expect to get back from? I do agree, and I think what what Mark's trying to say is, yeah, they did kind of ship it out for nothing, but really, what were you expecting for the return? They had no. It was either you know get rid of him now and get fourth, or lose him eventually and get him for nothing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I find that um, the Maple Leafs fan base more so than any other, um, they tend to over overvalue their players a little bit because you know you. you I don't know. It's because Leaf fans, I think, have been burned by in years past getting rid of prospects that end up turning into good players. So I think the old mentality of Leaf fans see. Oh no, Nikita Shostakov is going to go. He's going to, you know, he's now going to be, you know, a stud. And well, no, but it's like, you know what? Look at the shelf. Look at look at the prospects that the Leafs have. Back then, yeah, sure. You know what? When they did get burned, and you're thinking like, boy, you could really use a guy like, like him right now. That's not the case with the Leafs anymore. They have so many prospects that they can. They have a guy like you know Lebo right now. He's mm-hmm. dying to get in the game. Shoshnikov's not even close to being where he is at mm-hmm. this point. And there's other guys in the in the system that it looks like they'll maybe never, ever play. Mm-hmm. A guy like Jeremy Bracco, like, well, where's he going to end up? Is exactly. he, does he have a place in this place? Well, another guy that, that you could label possibly expendable, you know yeah, what I mean? With, with the likes of a Shoshnikov. Of course. Right? So, yeah, again, that's all I think. I think that we, us as a whole, we tend to overvalue some guys a little bit. But of course. if a guy's played six games, he's majority of the season uh, in the minors. I yeah. Mean, I think it's a fair trade. I mean, what what do you really expect? You're going to get you got, back, and you got to be you know happy for the player. At that exactly, point. he's going to get a chance to go play somewhere else and yep. maybe prove that you know what he should be an everyday NHLer, or he's not, and maybe he finds himself back in the KHL. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, at least he's in the West too. Yeah, <clears throat> so and it doesn't hurt you. The right? odds of it burning you are, are obviously less. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, next question from our boy Vince Fecto, and congratulations by the way, bud. Uh, yeah. Just got engaged, so good for you. Um, he says, with 51's revival, obviously Jake Gardner he's talking about, uh, Leafs have a potential expensive top four in 44, 51, 23, and Lilligren on the horizon. Who's the most expendable, Patty? Hmm. I think jumping off the top, I think you have to go with Jake Gardner. Um, Morgan Riley has been having a career year. You look at what Dermott's been able to do in his young career, and then Lilgren, I mean, getting rid of him at this point before he even sniffs the NHL kind of seems silly at this of point. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, so off off the top, you go with Gardner, but I, he's a guy now, and I mean, I've, as, you know, the, the friends of the program, they probably know, I, I've been pretty harsh on him at times, but he has been better. Uh, so if you're getting rid of a guy like Jake Gardner, it better be a damn good package, and yeah. it better be coming back. <clears throat> so I think you almost have not those four. Maybe Jake isn't exactly an untouchable, but I think I think Morgan Riley's an untouchable. I think Dermot is close to being an untouchable. At this point, and, yep. And and Lilligren's pretty pretty damn close to being it as well. Yeah, I I would say uh, I'm gonna go with Jake, and not because I I want him to be expendable, but just just. 
being realistic and the other three players named here, I would say you might not have any other option if you are going to, you know, look at trading a defenseman. And especially with how he has played as of late, he probably now brings in more right. uh, than, you know, a few months back where it was looking like we he was half the player that we've seen in the last couple of weeks. Right, and I, I think... Um, th- this is more of a um, a question towards the future. I don't think this is no, going to be yeah, a deadline exactly. thing because no, no, no. obviously we're going to need these these three that he mentioned, and then obviously uh, moving on Lilligren, mm-hmm. who we haven't seen yet. But uh, that's a really good question yeah. because I don't think we're in a position to to move any D at this point until we kind of see what we have For in our sure. younger players. Exactly. I, these these are four four players that I would like to see the Toronto Maple Leafs hold on to going forward at least for a couple of years. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, next questions from Chuck Cooper Jr. at Hammer Hockey Nut. Um, he says, "Not sure if you guys have talked about it yet, but what are your thoughts on the Stadium Series uniforms? I think the sweaters are gorgeous, but I'm suspect on the white gloves, helmets, and pants. Can't decide if I love it or hate it." I'm kind of in the same spot as uh, as our boy Chuck here, big ha- Hamilton fan. I'm oh yeah, <laughs> gritty city, love it. Um, but for me, I mean, the, I agree. The the jersey itself, they're they're pretty sweet. Really nice. I think if it was like an everyday uni, like a away jersey all the time, I think the white on white on white on white is a little much. But for one game, I think it's pretty sweet. I like it. Yeah, like it. yeah, for sure. I I love the sweaters. Um, like you said, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I'm more so over the whole outdoor game. <laughs> yeah. The you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm done. I just rather play inside. I'm sick of the elements. I'm sick of the delays. Um, all the bullshit that comes along with it, but um, as as most people that know me, I'm a big swag guy. Of course, of course. When of it course. comes to when it comes to puck, so I'm not the biggest fan again of that. I like a little bit of contrast. Yeah. Um, in a uniform. Um, so I mean, the dusty players I think are going to look extra dusty in, in this. <laughs> you got You have to have a clean, clean exactly look good with that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, your gear's got to be on point to to kind of rock this look. I will also say, not because we're we're not the biggest fan of him, but Roman Polak better not be in that game because he will look so he bad. Look terrible. He's just going to blend in with so the ice. So <laughs> You won't even notice him <laughs> yeah. out there. Looking like a bottle of snowman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But all in all, like I would definitely rock one of those sweaters. Though. Sure. I really like them. I think that's clean look. I would like to see that jersey, that sweater with blue pants, blue gloves, and a blue bucket. Maybe an alternate, a third jersey for next year. When they bring them back, then yeah, nice. yeah, because the Adidas are bringing back, uh, they're bringing back the third jerseys for next year. So something maybe to think about. Maybe that's a jersey that you see see in the mix there. So that's it. I, I mean, will say I, I love the, I love the Leafs unis, especially all the jerseys that they've been whipping. Oh out. man, their home and their ways are gorgeous. Uh, the Toronto Arena's jersey I thought was nasty. Top-notch. Uh, the last, like the winner, the Centennial Classic jersey, that grew on me. When I first saw it, I really didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And then when you see with the, the gear and everything, I was like, okay, those are actually nice. Yeah, sweaters. those were sharp. And of course, me being biased, uh, the St. Patty's, oh, that's the, the whites were so sick. That's the best. So sick. Yeah, no, I mean, lately, they're, they're apparel, I guess, um, games game-wise. Yeah. Um, has been awesome. I don't know yeah. if it's a new regime thing that came in and said we need to mm. up the style a little bit, but yeah. I really like it. I think they've done a lot of good things. What was that thing you were telling me a couple weeks ago that Matthews has scored in every single jersey every that he's jersey worn? every jersey that he's worn so I, I i this is weeks past now so i don't have the tweet in front of me anymore but the person actually named off every sweater different sweater they've wore like st pat's arenas obviously home away blah 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 and, and then even including didn't wasn't it including all star and yeah, yeah, and even exactly. the north team north america all star north america every jersey he's wore <laughs> since he turned north american pro yeah. he's scored in wow so that's an incredible stat yeah. obviously there so uh, for any betters out there, there you go. Right? <laughs> I'm hammering yeah, that. Yeah, right? there so on if, that if that? there's a prop bet <laughs> yeah. against the Caps in that outdoor game, oh, I'd say awesome. uh, I'd say you take Matthews for a goal. Yeah. And again, that's another big stage game where yeah. he tends to play yeah. hard, anyways. Yeah. In. For sure. Um, but guys, thank you so much um, for for tweeting in. That's a new segment uh, called the Twitter Mailbag. So that's always a lot of fun uh, interacting with you guys um, as we do. Um, let's just take a quick look ahead um, into the next week. Um, obviously, we, we've we've talked about uh, the Saturday night game um, a lot here this week. It's obviously the most important game of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, the the two other games are play um, the Panthers tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 
uh, at home, and then the Islanders Thursday, mm-hmm. who are kind of a meddling club. Yeah. Florida's basically done. Yeah. Um, now, what I wanted to say to you, Patty, was this is kind of like the dog days of the season. You, you hear it in baseball all the time, the dog, dog days, days of summer, yeah. right? Where it's kind of like, all right, you got such and such amount of games to go. It's just you're kind of in the mix of, of just like getting comfortable and, and you know what I mean? You're not at the start of the year anymore. You're not at the end. How do you get up for uh, exactly. a Tuesday night against the Panthers? That's my question, right? And it's it's how they play these games, I mean, is, is really going to show the character of a club moving forward because they still, hey, there's still two points on the line. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think that's what you can't get, get caught into. And the players, you don't want them to be, like hopefully they're getting up for it. And that's the thing I will say. In years past with this club, uh, the atmosphere for you know like a game like like tomorrow or I guess it'd be tonight if you're listening yeah the episode coming up historically that building would be dead but I will give Leaf fans credit this year the atmosphere whether it be a Saturday or a Monday or a, whatever the night be it has been good you know loud for the most part hasn't been that that morgue. Um, atmosphere that they've had in, in years, years past, past with those midweek games. Mm-hmm. So good on Leaf fans. If you're going to the game tomorrow, be loud. Get up for the game. Don't be like right. us. Exactly. Don't be feeling the blues. Yep. Get up. Get loud because I have been every single game I've gone to. I've gone to Saturday games. I've gone to Monday, Sunday, whatever it may be. They have been great atmospheres, and that's the thing. It's because the product on the ice is exciting. Exactly. It, it's it that shouldn't be uh, a big surprise to anybody. No. It's, you, you wow. You su- supply a winning product, and all of a sudden the people want to come and make some noise. Yeah. I don't blame. I don't blame any fan base for not showing up when a team <laughs> yeah. is not doing good. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Why and, would you support that? Yeah. Exactly. And you're <clears> not <throat> seeing as many suits in in the lower bowl. God. And, and I mean, even if there are business people there, they're throwing on a leaf jersey, or they're at least invested in the, in the game. They're in the seats. They're not making business deals, eat, you know, crushing sushi, sushi in the Air Canada Club. No, they're down low. They're watching the game. They're into it. And maybe they take their blazer off and throw a jersey. Right, exactly. Top, and they're into it. It's not just oh, I got tickets <laughs> from work. I'm gonna go bring a client. Exactly. You know, maybe they're getting tickets and they're bringing a client, but they're still into the game. Exactly. It's a completely different atmosphere, and that's not only just because of the product on the ice. I think the, the Leafs have done a great job with the in-game presentation. The two new hosts, I think, have done a fantastic yep. job getting the fans <laughs> in the game. Um, you know, it, it good on the Leafs, and that's one thing Brendan Shanahan wanted to do. It wasn't just the product on the ice; he wanted it to be that event that premiere event that everyone wants to go to you want to go to the leaf game you want when you're in there you're enjoying yourself it's not just oh i got leaf tickets i'm gonna go it's like i need to get leaf tickets i need to be at that game yeah i'm putting my leaf jersey on it's a leaf game day and i'm ready to go exactly it's funny you say that because a company i work for has a box for the leafs as well and in years past there's been uh you know they want to go see raptors or concert maybe instead now we get floods of emails saying (laughs) i'm coming in can i go to a leaf game i want to see leaf game i want to see this team even if they're from another canadian market they still want to check out this team uh, obviously, because they've been so hot mm-hmm. um, the last couple seasons. Um, just quickly, Thursday night against the Islanders, uh, start up the Tavares rumor mill <laughs> again. Uh, we, I don't think we can avoid it. Um, we've we've beaten the dead horse. We don't For think sure. we even need to talk no. about it. But you know, it's going to be brought up. I bet you will see it in our mentions um, of again, as always. Which is fine. It's it's fun to discuss whether you think it's a possibility or not. No one really knows. Outside of, you know, Johnny T and his agent. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a fun discussion to have. Um, and, I mean, wouldn't it be nice uh, if there's a way? And if there's anyone who could make a deal like that happen, it's it's obviously Lou Lamorello. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I'm not I'm like like the caps. I'm not drinking the I'm not drinking yeah, the, no, the, no. the blue Kool Aid. Let's not get silly. Yeah. And but that's the, the thing. Not just that. You can almost guarantee that... Uh, JT is going to have a good game and probably Josh Bailey, another local guy. Yeah, always as they always do. They always do. They always when they come do. to town. And good on Josh Bailey, having a great year. And for sure. He's a, it's a contract year for him, so he's going to get paid. He's a guy that, you know, Leaf fans would like to see him, but I think the money that he's going to get, mm-hmm. you might want to stay away from that. One of those but, July 1 deals, man, especially but, coming off the season he's having, right? you know what? Good for him because he's been on a very, very affordable contract. He's been with the Islanders for a while, and it wouldn't surprise me that maybe he sticks or If JT goes back to the Islanders, I could see those two guys meet in the office yeah. and say, you know what? We're getting an arena in a couple of years. Let's stay on the island. Right. No, totally, totally. But that's uh, that won't stop the rumor mill no, from, hell no. from swirling. <laughs> no right? way. Especially around this club. Of but, course, uh, man. 
Man, that's that's going to wrap it up for another week. Um, again, big thanks to Court Lalonde for coming yeah. on and joining us. Uh, we always appreciate having him. And uh, big week. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how they do Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big game. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for the post trade deadline show. And we will see uh, what we're looking like, you know, moving forward into the postseason and, and into the future. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, thanks for listening, guys. And go Leafs, go. Mm-hmm.